Hello, and welcome to another episode of Young Black Misses. I am your host, Morgan F., and this week is all about work. Work, 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 work. I got the opportunity to sit down and talk to Miss Chantel from Sweet Job Spot all about career coaching and learning more about what is your sweet spot and kind of how to find it. And that's super interesting to me. Um, so I hope you'll enjoy our conversation a little later on in the show. As always, you can find me on social media, even though I'm trash on there. <laughs> but I've been better lately, though, for real. I've been, I've been, I've been better lately. I've been coming to you guys on Facebook and Instagram with with the infographics. You're welcome. So if you didn't catch those infographics from the previous weeks about travel and saving money, investing money, you know, check those out on my Instagram and my Facebook pages at Young Black Mrs. Podcast. So you can see that. Do I do? You know, maybe about time this is recorded, there'll probably be some information about the product, the productivity episode. Yeah. It's a lot going on for, for Morgan, but we are pushing through and I'm excited that you're listening and thank you to my faithful listeners. And let's get on with the show because this intro got long. You you know you ready to hear me shake my curls? Play my theme song. Shaking my curls. Uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls. Uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls. Shaking my curls. So in the spirit of talking about careers and jobs and work, I want to shake my curls at the statistics that I've been Googling and researching about. You know, I've been listening to other podcasts, as I'm sure you do too, about, which is why I wanted to talk to um, Chantel about sweet spots and because there's this statistic going around from 2000 and, um, 2017, and then there's another statistic from 2019 that totally contradicts it. So I don't really know what to believe, but I'm going to believe the one <laughs> from 2017. So it, it ranges from 70% to 85% of people in America not liking their job. And I'm shaking my curls at that. Because I just think that is so hard for a person to have to get up every day. And nope, not going to say that. You draw your own conclusions as to what I just sung in my head. Because you've been listening long enough to know the song. Um, to wake up every day and just know that this is not what they are putting this earth to do. That this is not what gives them joy. That this is not what brings them happiness. And I, I'm noticing just the energy that that brings on you each day, day after day, feeling that way. And it's unhealthy. It causes people to do bad things, like bad things for you, like smoking or drinking or spending your money recklessly. It's sometimes it's just, I mean, this kind of stuff is just not healthy for you. And it's really unfortunate that so many people are unhappy with their jobs, especially considering that 40 hours is usually the amount that you'll be working there. That's a lot of time. 
That's a lot of time to not love what you're doing or even like what you're doing. And I just, I just, I'm optimistic for you to that you'll find something that you enjoy doing. And I'm just shaking my curls and I'm, and I'm hoping that this conversation will inspire you to really get out there and do your dreams. Like, okay, so, um, this podcast and some of the side hustles that I'm getting ready to start doing are all leading me towards what I believe I'm put on this earth to do. So that gets me jazzed and excited, you know? So even if it's just some starting something small, yeah, I think I might hit you guys with a podcast about, about getting over those Monday blues, about not hating your job so much because, you know, that's, wow, that statistic is scary. Um, and, and so, like I said, so some of the side hustles that I'm, I'm doing and this, I would, I would consider a side hustle or a hobby or whatever. Um, it just, it brings me joy, even though it's start, I'm just starting off. And even though, you know, I would love to grow my listeners and things of that nature, I'm really enjoying getting to speak with you every week and for you to listen and for you to share with your friends. Uh, it just brings me joy. And so just doing something small like this, Morgan, did you float into a positive tip? You did. Um, <laughs> something small like this will really help you throughout your day, honestly. So anyways, on to the next segment, guys. I'm shaking my curls at that, though. What you chewing? Hello and welcome to the main event. I have a special guest with me, Miss Chantel from Sweet Job Spot out in Atlanta, right? Yes, in Atlanta. How nice. are you today? I am good. Well, I, I greet you from Kansas City, Missouri. I have <laughs> listeners from all over. So hello, Atlanta listeners. Hello, Georgia listeners. Check her out. So, just do my audience a favor and kind of tell them who you are and what you do professionally. Well, uh, just to tell you a little bit about who I am, I'm somebody who, uh, who had struggled to find her own sweet spot in her job. Um, you know, I've had several positions. I kept going from one job to the next, never really finding what it was I wanted, always feeling like I just wasn't doing enough. And come to find out about 70% of all people feel like that. So um, hence, I decided to um, help others that are like me by um, helping people get out of the jobs of their nightmares and into the careers of their dreams. And I do that in Sweet Job Spot many different ways some of which are coaching, some are helping people find new positions um, in new companies, and then some people want to become entrepreneurs. So there's a lot of different things you can do when it comes to uh, finding your sweet spot. And it's not just hopping from one location to the next. Um, if you don't know who it is you're being, and who you really are and what you really want, you'll just find yourself going from job to job to job, never really being happy. So we really focus on that. Okay, so that was one of my main questions. How would, what would you define as a sweet spot? Like, what does that mean in your own words? 
So if you know anything about tennis, golf, um, and music, they all have something called a sweet spot. And that's just when you specifically, you know, when you hit the ball with the tennis ball or with a with the golf ball, you hit it in that one spot where it just goes. It goes exactly where you want it to go. You hit it in the exact right way. And the same thing with music, when you hear that note, that one note, that's like your sweet spot. You know, Mariah Carey has her high, high note that she, um, mm -hmm. that she has. And, you know, if you listen, a lot of people, they have that one note that they always seem to be able to get to, and that's like their sweet spot. So musically, there's a sweet spot where you're hitting the note just right. And the same thing with technically, you're hitting the note just right. And we as people, we also have sweet spots where, you know, when you see people who grow in companies, and you see these people who move forward, and they're just doing what they need to be, what needs to be done, and they're just zooming through and they're super happy like they have found their sweet spot they found the job that they like they found the mentor they were looking for they found the purpose in that job and they were able to like take all those things put it together with their personal skills and just move ahead with it wow yeah here's really the tricky thing is how do, you, how do you find that sweet spot? Because I feel like I'm still in discovery mode. I feel like there's so many things that I could be good at. You know, I'm, I work in marketing right now, but I also really enjoy event planning. I like writing. I could blog. I like doing podcasts. Maybe I could do that for a living. I don't know. There's just so many things that I feel like I'm good at, but I don't really know. Like, what is, like, I'm put on this earth. So how does one find that, that sweet spot, that, that good old Mariah Carey, Ariana Grande note? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't get me wrong, but Ariana is like doing the thing. You know what I mean? Like Yes. Yeah. She's the new, she's the new blood, right? Yeah. So you really have to get, spend some time really getting to know yourself and really paying attention to what you're really doing well, because one thing is a lot of people can do something well the first time or the second time because we put a lot of zeal and energy into it. We're trying to prove ourselves. Like, um, you know, I've had jobs where I uh, have run conferences and it's like, yeah, when I was up all day and all night and doing this and doing that, I could run these conferences and it was great. But then when it came to the next conference and the next conference and the next conference, like my energy kind of went like this. And I was like, right. oh gosh, another one of these? Well, I don't know. So, I like doing conferences, but for me, having a job where day in and day out, I was eating, sleeping, breathing conferences was a lot. You know, doing one or two a year, um, one or two small events a year, I, I could totally do that. Like if I'm doing something for Sweet Job Spot and I come regularly to teach people about resume writing, I can do that. It's, it's not a big deal. It's not a huge conference. There's no like, if, you know, 10 people come or three people come, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, if 20 people come, it's going to be the same thing. Um, so me not having needed all of that extra with it that comes with 
working for a conference company where you have to, you have to look at the bottom line, you're calling speakers you don't know, um, you know, you're starting up something so new and so different that hasn't been done before. And to consistently do that again was every 28 days I had to do that. Every 28 days I had a new conference up on the board. And so I had to get in and out and in and out and in and out. And after a while, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much. Right. So my desire for it kind of weaned. And I think it's when you pay attention to your desires, when you journal, when you, um, I actually help people. We have um, charts that we use. We have uh, special questionnaires. Um, I do, um, I do, uh, testing to see like, what's your main area? And then let's go deeper into what you like to do. So say like myself, technically I'm an introvert. I like to work on things like little projects, little tools, things like that. I love planning. I love, um, organizing stuff, right? When it comes to me spontaneously just talking to people, I have to work at that, right? I have to like put some stuff in my head and go, okay, I'm gonna spontaneously talk to some people. And these are my talking points that are in my head already of what I'm gonna spontaneously talk about, right? Because these are the things I know how to talk about. Whereas like an extrovert, they might just love to talk. You know, they just, they don't mind sharing personal information with strangers. They, you know, they love the attention, they love, they feed off of the energy of people. Um, and for me, it doesn't always work like that. So that's, um, you know, there's a Myers-Briggs test, that's free, and I'll give you the link for that, uh, where you can see, like, who, who are you and what do you like? Like, what you know, if you're an introvert or extrovert, introverts tend to be really like science. They like math. We like, you know, things where we can really dig into things and find, um, you know, uh, we can find things that we love to do and just get lost in that by ourselves, just playing by ourselves, working by ourselves. If you go back to how you were as a kid before you were really socialized and kind of had to do things, think about like were you the kid that liked to play in the corner by themselves or were you the kid that was always trying to like make friends and do stuff with people Oprah even talks about this uh, when she was a kid you know she was always in the front of the room when her teacher said you need to do this she was challenging them then saying but I already know how to do this why are you teaching it to me my mom already my grandma already taught me how to read I don't need to learn how to read and I know big words and she even talks about a story where she told the teacher all the big words she knew and so they <laughs> skipped her ahead a couple of grades because she knew I knew these words. Now her being a little more extroverted, speaking at church, being called upon and saying yes is what made her who she is now because that was really her sweet spot. She said, okay, I love to do that. If you think about Mariah Carey, um, listen to the stories about her. She was always, you know, she was never around. She was always somewhere singing. You know, if you look at what you naturally like to do and don't try to stop doing it, I think we, we try to conform and we try to stop doing what we love um, because we're like looking for acceptance from people. 
what I find with a lot of people that when they find what they love, especially if you look at any, um, you know, you look at Prince, you look at any of these people that really do what they love, even when it's bad, they still love to do it. You know, even when Prince, so the difference is Prince liked, you know, singing and he opened for the Rolling Stones and he was booed. I think it was the Rolling Stones. I could be wrong. Could have been Aerosmith or one of the other bands. Right. He was booed off the stage. And, and then he, he opened again for another artist, booed off the stage again. So some people would say, oh, that means I suck. I shouldn't perform. I'll just give up and go get a job at the hardware store, right? Yeah. But what he said was, I'm never going to open for anybody again because my music is good. And these people just don't know. They don't know what's good. They, they don't know. So they're booing me. They don't know why they're booing me. Maybe I'm not their cup of tea for right. opening this act, right? So maybe I just need to go have my own act. And he said, after that, he never opened for anybody again. So when you have that inside and you really do some, some deep work, um, write in a journal every day, what did I do? What did I like about what I did? What did I do? What didn't I like about it? Was it talking to people I didn't like? Was it, or was it not getting the opportunity to talk to people? Was it that I was uninterested in what was being said? Like part of me wanting to be an entrepreneur is a lot of times I found being segmented into a job was difficult for me. Mm -hmm. um, so if you only want me to do this one little piece, this little slice, I would find myself, okay, I did the slice, now what? Okay, did that, now what? What can I do now? Oh, we don't have any work for you. Okay, well, what am I supposed to do? So six hours <laughs> yeah for the next six hours right what am, what am i supposed to do i never thought of entrepreneurship because it's more common now because we have the internet and people talk about it but one of the things i like about it is if i don't have anything to do i can find something to do and i can do it and i can give myself permission to do it i don't have to wait to be told or ask for permission can i work on this project and I could go outside of my, my um, area. So like when you think of your, like, I guess I would ask you to do a little exercise with me. When you were a kid, what are, what are some of the fields you wanted to go into as a kid? Oh, when I went to go into as a kid, I really enjoyed music um, and enjoyed writing. I enjoyed um, cooking food. Like that might be a little later in life. Um, mm -hmm. But, and then, but really music and writing, like the two biggest TV shows as well. Those are like the two big, like just TV as well. It was like the two biggest things. And I think as I became an adult, I was like, okay, well, what can I kind of do that sort of touches on that? But mm -hmm. not like too outlandish. Cause I mean, like big picture dream. I would love to be a writer for a TV show, like big picture dream. But then on the flip side, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to do voiceover work. So I'm just, you know, I just like I said earlier, there's so many things I think I could be good at. But I think what you're saying is kind of like, I have to figure out what can I see myself doing? Honestly, I feel like what could I see myself doing if nobody was paying me? <laughs> you know, like that, that's how I would know if that was really, really what I would want to do every day. What, what would get me like up and motivated and not have the Mondays, the, you know, right. like, oh, it's Monday, I gotta get up, blah, blah. 
Um, so I, that's something that I think is really helpful for the listeners to think about and for me to think about, like what would get me up in the morning every day and not feel like work pretty much. <laughs> Super, I'm glad you were starting to mention the entrepreneur stuff because I'm super interested in that. I feel like it is very popular, like you said, because of the internet. And, um, but it's tricky, I think, to, to branch into that, don't you think? Like, how does, how does one branch into something so large as entrepreneurship? Well, it really depends. Um, first of all, I would definitely say you do need a mentor trying to branch into it just because you came up with this idea is very challenging. Um, so I, I had to get a mentor. Um, even if they're not in your exact field, it is wow. very helpful because my mentor preaches about the long, uh, the lonely, boring work, right? So there's stuff that I have to do that there's nobody cheering me on for, it's not like doing the YouTube videos. And a lot of people, because of the internet, think I do YouTube videos, now I'm an entrepreneur. Um, true you know, entrepreneurship, think of your true small business owners. Think of people that you know, are real entrepreneurs are people who uh, you know, they own the McDonald's, they own the, uh, the um, clothing, uh, little clothing stores, nail salons, um, uh, dry cleaning. Uh, those people are entrepreneurs and over time they make money, right? Um, but it's not a right away money thing. Um, one thing I found is depending on the type of entrepreneurship you, you enjoy makes a big difference. Coaching can be lucrative or you could be poor. Um, I've seen coaches in all areas. Some people just like to coach on the side. They might get a full-time job that they love. And then, you know, um, Saturdays they do coaching. So, and they're still entrepreneurs, but they have the stability of having a full-time job. Um, some people go off and like yourself love to write. So they write books and they write articles and, and um, you know, they, you see the 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 Ayan Levanzants of the world, um, as well as um, you know, there's there's a lot of people in the Brene Brown, you know, where they take what they do and they start to write about their work um, to to share it with people, and then they become these high 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 level speakers that you know charging uh, tens and hundreds of thousands to go speak, right? Um, you may not be that speaker. Uh, you may, may not, right? Um, so I, when you're doing the work, you just want to look at sometimes what we enjoy is what do you like to do when the TV is turned off? So if the TV was turned off and you had to entertain yourself, right? That could be your sweet spot of what do I really like to do? If I could just do something, what would it be? Um, when I was a kid, I tried to be an entrepreneur a few times. Um, so I kind of do see why I would be interested in it. Um, I one time decided I wanted to sell my neighbor's fruit. Um, <laughs> my neighbor's fruit? My neighbor's fruit, because we didn't have any fruit. So, uh, so my neighbor had a fruit tree, and I went and picked some fruit off his fruit tree and sold it. And my mom was like, what are you doing? Um, and 
who knows if she had been very entrepreneurial, she might've said, Hey, you know, let's go talk to the neighbor and see if you can sell fruit all the time. You know, um, let's go get you a fruit stand. Uh, but you know, she was kind of like, nah, yeah, I don't want you to do that. So sometimes your parents or, or people in your family might say, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. You want to get a good, a good job doing X and you can still get that good job. But you, if you have the drive and the determination and you plan and you're willing to sacrifice for, for whatever it is, doctors have to sacrifice right? Doctors have to sacrifice. People who want to be lawyers have to sacrifice. Um, you know, everybody has to sacrifice something in order to be what they really want it to become because none of it's easy. So when you think about the sacrifice and you think about what it's going to turn into, whether you write books, whether you write for television scripts, you know, there's, there are jobs for script writers all over the place. They pay for scripts all over the place. Um, I write pitches, right, for people because um, one of the reason I like Sweet Job Spot is I like empowering people. And part of empowering people is helping them write an elevator pitch. So I started by writing elevator pitches on Fiverr for $5. And I was so excited. In the middle of the night, I'd wake up and I'd I'd have like a request for an elevator pitch for $5. And I would say to myself, wow, like I didn't even care if it took me a whole hour to come up with a pitch. I was so happy to get a pitch. I didn't even mind waking up in the middle of the night for it. Cause I was like, this is fun. Somebody, awesome. I could write somebody's like elevator pitch, you know? Awesome. So that was it. just fun to me. It was yeah. fun. It was a fun way to make money. I love that. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I think people struggle with is say they want to, and, and this is another thing I thought about doing too. I also thought about maybe going into like health and fitness because I like food and I thought maybe I could pick the right things to eat. And so my, my general question, and I have one more, I know I said four, but I'm going to throw in one more, mm -hmm. um, is how would one go from one industry to another totally left field industry? Like I have a friend that's she's in like billing and she does like accounting, but she wants to get into social media. Like how does that look when she's applying for this job resume wise, or how can she sell herself to make what skills she does have sound more appealing to the person? Right. So um, transferable skills are very important. Um, what's also really important is two things when you're doing that job hunt. One, um, consider being an intern or doing it somewhat on the side. If you already have a job and you can do it on the side, whether you're paid or not, um, you, it is important, I think, to do that. Um, because even if you find somebody that you can do some social media for, especially if you have a stable job and you say, okay, I'm going to dedicate four hours a week to helping this person with their social media. That'll give you a taste of how it works. Hopefully they will guide you on how to do it properly. If you're just doing it because you want to learn it, you know, and it's a friend and you just say, Hey friend, um, I want to do your social media campaign because I want to test myself. Do that for three to six months. Do it consistently. Build up their brand. I recently wrote a resume for a social media 
um, expert, marketing expert, she had built up a YouTube site with, um, I think she said, she had over a million subscribers on her YouTube site. And, you know, she had gotten to the point where she was getting, um, uh, she was getting people to um, pay her, you know, YouTube was monetizing and paying her uh, a pretty nice amount of money. And, you know, her, her, her full time is a customer service rep. Um, So um, it's really, that's why I say it's really the passion thing, challenging yourself. For years, I did Toastmasters International, which helped me become a speaker. And I paid for Toastmasters. Right. I mean, not a lot, it was like $100 a year, but, um, and that was because we had to pay for the room and some other things. If you don't have to pay for that, I think it's like 60 bucks or something. You know, it's really cheap. And you go in, you speak, nobody pays you to speak but you learn that skill. And I think one thing that we have to divorce ourselves from is that we're gonna get paid to learn a skill. You have to come to the table with the skill if you wanna be paid. So if you can't pay for school, um, like a formal social media school program, look at paying, paying it forward with your time and look at some of the online social media classes that are available. There's a lot of free courseware on Udemy um, or cheap. It's like 20 bucks a month or something. Classes on places like Udemy. Um, LinkedIn has classes. Look at some of the social media gurus. Lots of them will have short term, you know, couple month classes. And then take that knowledge you're learning from the class and find a real person to apply it to. Somebody that you love and care about, um, either um, like my client did, she found artists that she loved their music and she just started promoting them herself. And eventually they, uh, you know, they got so big because of her work promoting that, you know, they took it over. They were like, oh, great job. Thanks so much. Now we're going to take it over. And then they do it even more. Now, you know, next time maybe, you know, she can negotiate something for herself. Um, and I think at the time she, you know, may may not have been able to do that because of record labels and all that stuff. Right. But she was able to grow a few brands and now she could put it on her resume. I grew this brand from, you know, 500 followers to 25,000 followers in the right. course of a year, in the course of six months or whatever. And look at your statistics and look at your growth and how your growth impacted that growth. And then you can put that on a resume and look for a job. That's good advice. I like that. I'll let her know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and, and it's really a friend, just so people are not like, oh, you asking for yourself, huh, Morgan? No. <laughs> thought is, I know that you write, uh, I know that you write resumes and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, my resume is looking pretty good, I must say. It, my res- I, think my, I think a lot of the times when I get interviews for stuff, they're like, oh, you know, we called you just because of your resume. I'm like, thank you. I put in forth effort. But, and it's all on one page type of thing. Do you have any like quick helpful tips about resume writing or cover, cover letter writing that can be at least able to get somebody in the door? Um, for, talk about yourself and what you brought to the table. Um, 
a lot of people will take a resume and they'll look up a job description and they'll cut and paste it in and they'll say it's a resume. Um, but what a lot of employers are looking for, especially with somebody with over five years of experience, most of the people I work with have five uh, to like 25 years of experience, to be honest. Um, when you know your value, you can communicate that. So um, look at your statistics. Look at, just like I was saying before, how you've helped the company grow, how you've helped the company save money. Yes, you need to use the keywords. And usually those are in the job description. You can find them very easily. If it's, say, accounting, you know, um, balance sheets, P&Ls, et cetera. If it's marketing, you know, knowing your social media, knowing product price placement, you know, your four P's or now seven P's. I don't know how many P's they have now, but <laughs> they have extra P's in marketing. But knowing your industry terminology is important, but also knowing the value that you put into that, um, into that role is what uh, an, an employer is looking for is, is this person going to help me make money, save money, improve a process? You know, what are they going to do? Are they just going to show up and check some boxes off and go home? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Do you, do you think a cover letter is still uh, valuable or you think it can all be in that, that um, resume? Honest, honestly, it's hard to say. Um, I do write cover letters. Um, I don't know if they're as effective as they once were because most people are recruiting out of this ATS system and they're just, they're looking at the resume first sometimes and then they see the cover letter after the fact. Yeah. So sometimes it's not going to help you. I am a fan of better safe than sorry. It takes, you know, it doesn't take that long to write one up as long as you've written the resume, you write your resume first. Then you pick out a few great things from your resume and you put them in your cover letter along with some information about the role that you're, that you're applying to. Um, and, 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 you know, I used to say this, then um, this is like my old, old school mind thinking, you know, I always said, you know, you want to say it like this, I'm the bomb now and, and you're the bomb, right? And like, let's be the bomb together, right? <laughs> That's really what you're saying. Like, I'm great, you're great, you know, your company's great, you want to give them some kudos and accolades to their company, and then you want to show them how you guys are going to be a really great team, you're going to make a great team, it's working together, um, you know, kind of by, by putting in some information about yourself and how, you know, you think that you would be great for that role um, at their great company that you want to work for. Um, also, if you know who you're sending it to, that's important. So if you know the hiring manager's name, if you know the HR person's name, if you know, um, you know, somebody's name in there and you can really address it to them specifically, that's really helpful in a cover letter. Nice. Okay. Well, this has been real informative for me and I hope all my listeners, I just love what you're saying about you kind of have to discover yourself before you can really discover that sweet spot. You got you to get into yourself and know what you, what you want for yourself. But also just knowing that information about entrepreneurship that I don't even know if I'm even on that level. I, I don't even know if I have that mindset. You know, I think it's a certain mindset. Would you agree? I, I do. And I think it can be, it's, once you clear out um, 
you know, once we strip what we've been told, right. then we know what we want to do. Mm. And it doesn't mean you have to, nothing's wrong if you don't want to be an entrepreneur. I never say, oh, you want to get a job, something's wrong with you, you're not hard, you're not, you know, because the job can provide you with benefits. Um, it may not always provide you with the stability. It might be short-term stability, I'll say that. It can provide you with some short-term, because you can get fired any day, right? You can get fired, you can get laid off, company can go out of business. But it does provide you with camaraderie, which you generally may have a difficult time with, with entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, it does provide you with a lot of accountability, which might be difficult with the if you're um, an entrepreneur. You know, if you don't, if you don't work, you don't eat as an entrepreneur, but you also, um, but you, you know, if you're down, you can't like always bounce something off of somebody. You may just be sitting there going, I don't know what to do. Let me go take a walk. I don't know what to do. Let me go, <laughs> let me go get five more cups of coffee. Maybe it'll come to me. So when you work in a team, in a job, um, you usually if you're struggling with something there's somebody you can ask there's somebody you can go to there's somebody who has just they just say one thing and you go oh okay i know how to do this now yeah so that's a little awesome. different okay is there anything else that my listeners should know about you your company how how you can help them personally like just give them the, the info and i'll put whatever you say in the show notes okay like as far as your info well, thank you so much, Morgan. Um, so uh, I'm with Sweet Job Spot. You can find me anywhere. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I, I usually get a lot of my clients through LinkedIn. And usually you can just find me under Chantel Thompson. I think it's Chantel S. Thompson. I, I will have to give you like the actual name that I use um, because I changed it. <laughs> oh on LinkedIn um, because my middle name is a little awkward for people in America because it's German. And um, so I was using it and then I stopped. So if you go to Sweet Job Spot, you can follow me on any of the, any of the social media sites. And um, if you have any questions, you can always uh, ring me up at Chantel um, Thompson on uh, LinkedIn is my usual preferred go-to, so yep. Nice. Okay. Thanks so much for speaking with me today. Have a great this is Sunday, guys. Well, have a great rest of your Sunday. <laughs> Thank you so much, Morgan. And you have a good day too. Take All care. Right. Take <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. The positive tip. I feel like I kind of started saying stuff in the intro about doing soul searching to really figure out, or was it the shaking my curls? I think I'm shaking my curls. To really do soul searching about figuring out what is your your job sweet spot. Because I think that is so important. There's a whole podcast about finding your sweet spot, which is what inspired me to want to have someone come on and talk to you about that. And I think what I really loved about what Chant uh, Chantel said is that it is all about doing some self-discovery. So in the upcoming episodes... I am going to kind of talk about that. So that'll be this kind of like a little preview into the upcoming episodes of what was coming up next. I've always wanted to do a personality quiz with you guys to have both of us learn about ourselves together and we can figure out how to better ourselves. And I'm going to probably have my husband on so we can kind of 
talk about the differences. So that's something to look forward to. So now I just want you to ponder what your interests are, what you were like as a child, as Chantel said, and how that can correlate to a position. And you don't have to think about the job title or whatever, just what would you like to do if that's something that's on your heart? And given the statistics, it probably is. <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of Young Black Misses. I am your host, Morgan F. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Young Black Misses Podcast. Also, if you've gotten value out of the show, please leave a review or share it with your friends. I truly appreciate it. And until next week, guys, take care. Play my outro music. <laughs> Thank you.